0: Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben. I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions. Tonight is episode 20. We're going to be talking about being overwhelmed and how to avoid being overwhelmed or getting through feeling overwhelmed as you're on your journey to recovery.
1: Let me uh, interject real fast before we get into this. And um, I know we mentioned this last episode, but I do want to uh, congratulate you guys because you all deserve it. You know, Jason, your sobriety date is 727, I believe, which means Ben's is 728. And Matrix is uh, the 2nd of August. So all of you just surpassed the year. I'm a little further behind. I'm uh, November 24th. I'm going to be there shortly, hopefully, God willing. Uh, but I do want to say congratulations to all of you. So it's an amazing journey you guys have been on. Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate that. Absolutely. And Matrix with the thumbs up. But... uh You know we're on we're on this uh topic of being overwhelmed and i don't think it could be more appropriate right now you know i've been sober for what is that about eight months and things are going very well and with that i still feel so overwhelmed it's funny uh you know i got this job feeling overwhelmed home life overwhelmed And I guess I had this false perception that I'd get this time under my belt and everything would be sunshine and rainbows. And, uh, although things are great, I am definitely feeling overwhelmed right now.
0: I I agree that, you know, (laughs) things seem to be, um, very overwhelming, uh, right now, um, I have two big things that are going on in my life right now one of them with my sister um, and one of them with my boyfriend and uh, you know they're not my stories to tell but you know they're they're both shocking um, situations very very unexpected uh, I'm still getting information back from from both both situations and on top of that, I'm working 40 to 50 hours a week. I'm in school. I'm, you know, recording and and volunteering and sponsoring and like all of this different, all of these different things that keep pulling me to different corners of the room. And I was in a meeting the other day where we actually talked about this this concept of being overwhelmed. Um, and it's, and it's on this, uh, this, uh, site called next level recovery. And, and I'll actually put that in the, in the uh, description. So if anyone listening wants to read that, um, but it talks about, you know, the feelings of being overwhelmed and, and different aspects like that, but there's these different steps that we can take to really try and avoid that overwhelming feeling. Um, you know, it really talks about setting short-term and long-term goals. It talks about considering and understanding and really getting to know what your core values are. It talks about making a plan of action, and it talks about keeping it real. And And for me, that was the one that, you know, stuck out to me the most. Um, because one thing that I always used to do when I was in my active addiction is – I would look for ways to create a story around my life. I never could, as the article says, keep it real. I could never, you know, be honest. And I, and I think honesty is a, a big part of this because even when I was feeling overwhelmed in the past, I was never honest about that feeling of being overwhelmed. I, I would always say, oh, I'm fine, you know, and and, I don't know if you've ever heard this acronym, but FINE stands for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And let me tell you, I was all those things when I was FINE. So, you know, now I, I have a really strong program. And, you know, I, I appreciate your, your uh, kind words, Chris, because this last year has been, has been really wonderful. Um, but it doesn't mean that my life's not going to be overwhelming. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have things that are going to show up in my life that really bring me to tears. I was in the meeting yesterday or the day before in tears sharing because I was feeling so overwhelmed. And it's because of the people in these rooms that I go to in my program that got me through that. And I allow people to do that. And that's something that is really changed for me as I allow people to help me now.
2: Yeah, but Chris, I, I, yeah, I definitely want to thank you for the kind words and yes, congratulations to Matrix and Jason and, and you know, the, my, my mom got me a, um, a little wallet card for one year that said some version of, you know, you, you, made, the, you made the decision to be sober and, and in there it said, you made the decision to feel things and, you know, Jason, what you're talking about is, you know, yes, we're overwhelmed, but we're feeling things. It's, I mean, it, it doesn't really get a lot simpler than that. Like we're just feeling every day emotions. That's it. The big difference is that for so long, you know, in one form or another, we decided to not feel those things by, and we would use a chemical substance to make us not feel those things. And you know, for in my personal experience, I spent from 26 to 36, you know, num you know numbing that, not learning in like my formative adult years. As my, as I was, you know, I had I had already been married, but as my daughters were born, as I was going through, you know, things, it it like, experiences that I, experiences that I should have been learning from, I simply wasn't. And now I look at it as that you know what I'm hearing from you is that you're you're learning how to handle these emotions. And the thing that I I wanna make sure that we are always giving ourselves enough credit for is that for so long, the only tool in our toolbox was using or picking up. And that is still a tool in the toolbox. It's not like we've taken it out of the tool bag. It's simply just, you know, Above, it's it's below a bunch of other useful tools, uh, you know that that we now have.
1: I love uh, Ben, you know, your constant reference to the toolbox. <laughs> 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 I'm sure your uh, favorite store is Home Depot. But it's <laughs> 7:30. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, can... Jason, when when you sent out this topic, I was thinking about. The, the things that I do to kind of mitigate feeling overwhelmed, uh, you know, if I were to pick three things I'm not good at, it's the to basically avoid feeling overwhelmed. And when I was thinking about this, one thing that I have a hard time doing is is saying no. And I pile on too much stuff and, you know, it could be, Hey, my dad asking for this favor on top. My aunt wants me to build, you know, this, and my wife wants me to be he- here. And I can't say my wife cause that's my direct family. I have a responsibility for that, but all these outside things, I can't say no. And in turn, another thing I have a hard time doing is asking for help. So when I combine those two things, it can lead to feeling overwhelmed and, Yeah, it's this. uh, And, you know, Jason, you were talking about being real with yourself. I think part of being real with yourself is being self-aware. And it's very. If you're self-aware, it should be pretty easy to recognize that you're doing too much. And I think if I were to talk about the three things, like I said, being self-aware is probably the thing I need to uh, focus on. As well, because I'll get in this state last week, I literally went to my wife, I was like, I can't do this right now. I need to go to bed. I haven't slept for, you know, I've slept three hours for the past five nights. I keep doing this, that and the other. And she just said, Okay, go to bed. And, you know, it was the first time I asked for help. And I was like, almost shaking. I was like, I can, you know, scared to ask for help. And she's just like, Okay, yeah, go to bed. You know, it's as simple as that, but that me asking for help resulted in the next day waking up clear headed, you know, having a fresh new start and I felt great. So, you know, I, I really do appreciate what you were saying about being self-aware, being real with yourself.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You know, that, that self-awareness piece is, is big. It's, it's crucial, I think, um, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this and, and maybe I just didn't hear it, but what are some of the things that you do if you are feeling overwhelmed? What what can you do in the moment? And Ben, you know, same question goes to you, but you know, what, what do you do in the moment that helps you get through those feelings of being overwhelmed?
1: Uh, let's see. You know, I think it's situational, but let's take home life. For example, I think that what I try to do is communicate and come up with a plan. You know, if I feel overwhelmed, chances are it's a result of having too much on, a, on my plate. So one thing my wife and I have been doing is making a plan, writing it out, having a very uh, regimented uh, schedule and who's doing what. And that's really helped as far as the home life. You know, we know where we have to be. We know what we have to do. So I think that is, as far as my home life, uh, that helps in that regard. As far as in that, like, second, if you're feeling overwhelmed, we have this code word sometimes where if we are doing too much or in an argument or whatever, we just say banana. And that's a cue that one of us just needs 20 minutes to self-soothe. So we will walk away, you know, one of us will grab one kid, the other will grab the other kid and we'll lay down. We'll either read a book and then we'll come back in 20 minutes and talk about it. But that's kind of the biggest thing that we do at home.
2: Yeah, The, uh, I, I love that, you know, it was. It's just interesting listening to you talk because your wife is not in recovery. I'm in a relationship where my girlfriend is in recovery, and so we're still uh, working on those. It, it's not just one person dealing with their emotions; it's two people. I'm not saying that your wife's not dealing with her emotions, but that that emotional instability that we have as addicts is is now multiplied. So it's taken probably a little longer than. I would have liked or what I don't want to say like, but what I guess my expectation was, but like they say, expectations are are resentments waiting to happen. So yeah, we've had to come up with a similar kind of system almost of like, listen, if things are getting emotional, if one of us begins to react emotionally, it's time to just step away. Like just, I'm going downstairs for 10 minutes. And sometimes it's just that simple where, just letting that emotion pass the yes the problem's still there but now we've got just just getting rid of that emotion is so key because it's just it just adds and and it's almost like just fuel on a fire where one one person's emotional and now they're responding emotionally and now the next you know the next response is emotional and it, there's if it's just the two of us there's nobody here to stop us and say okay wait a second you just got to back away and and you know give yourself some room to breathe. But yeah, the the planning um, is such a key part for me now, like, you know, to stop myself from getting overwhelmed. It's planning. And it's actually, Jason, I use one of the phrases that I learned from you in rehab. When I was going through stuff with my ex-wife, she was then my wife and, and it was disastrous, and it, I thought it was the end of the world, and you were you were just like, is anybody, like, nobody's dead. N- nobody, it's, nobody's done something that can't be fixed, and nothing that's gonna cost like a million bucks. And so that's kind of like the three things that I, like, the, the just very basic questions that I just kind of, not even ask, but just like, okay, did, no one's dead. It's not gonna cost a million bucks to fix it's nothing that can't be fixed. So like it's, it's really just one realizing that unless it hits a hundred million dollars, I apologize. It's, you know, but you know, the, the just kind of prefacing everything with that and then kind of walking myself back it, that enables me to make a plan. And then the plan can kind of be, you know, what, what can be handled right now? What can be, what is next on deck to be handled? What is way down the line to be handled, and just kind of you know appropriately just dealing with those things as they come is just a it's been that's made a huge, huge difference in my personal life, and it's actually only something that I've started doing recently because I've kind of been required to in my professional life. So it's it's uh
0: it's been interesting to watch them co- coincide. That's wonderful. Um. You know, one thing that I was thinking about, uh, uh, action that I take, that I've been okay at. I haven't. I haven't been exceptional at doing this. Um, but the meeting that I was just mentioning, where I did break down, and I did uh, start crying in because I was feeling overwhelmed, was a meditation meeting, and after about. 30 minutes of sharing. We did a 15 minute uh, meditation. And I'll tell you what, that meditation recentered me. It refocused me. And I took 15 minutes just for myself. I didn't have my phone on like I normally do during meditations. I didn't have a TV on. I didn't, wasn't doing work. I wasn't talking to family or friends or a boyfriend. I wasn't doing anything except taking the time to scan my body that that was the meditation. It was around uh, feelings of being overwhelmed and, and the physical attributes that that uh, has on you. And you remember the wellness center? I mean, Jason, that
1: part of the best part, in my opinion, uh, or I would say the most helpful was the whole wellness program at where we went to uh, rehab. And part of that was the morning meditation. And You know, me and you would go there every single time it was offered and it was great. It was such a great way to start your day, to feel centered, to appreciate, to, you know, and like you said, meditations are usually centered around a topic and you could, if you really focus on that topic, it, it is just an amazing way to really dive into that emotion or feel whatever feeling they're trying to, uh, Accentuate.
2: Yeah, it's, I didn't go to any of those morning meditations. Which, looking back on, I kind of look at rehab like I look at high school. Like if I only knew then what I knew now, like I, I this is going to sound terrible. I would love to go back to rehab now, but right no, I don't want to. Yeah, actually, let's not let's not. No. Say <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But but I would the experience of it. Take out the the, the you know the particulars you know i definitely did not get as much out of it as it offered but then again i wasn't in the right place at the time to really you know to i i was literally i was taking what i needed and i didn't need the morning meditation at that point
1: you got uh, what you could get at right what i could the state right, you were at yeah <laughs> right what
2: i could get out of it but jason talking about that meditation you know that is one of the things that my girlfriend and i will do and uh it's just so nice to put the phone down put everything down like put the dog in the other room because like every little sound just you know can influence that moment and when you when you're able to just listen, least scan yourself and really listen to the message i mean i had one a couple weeks ago where like i was just in like i i've like just passed out halfway through because i was in like such a trance like it just like letting into like, just literally letting your, and like, I woke up and like, it wasn't like I was like groggy or like was napping. It was just my body shutting down for a few minutes. And the, the, just, the, I love the, all the, the different it's, it's like Baskin Robbins. If those still exist, there's, you know, a flavor for everybody, but there, there's one that I, I really use a lot. It's this, the, the idea that your breath carries the message or the intention and You can set your intention at any point in the day for anything you want. So if it's, and I I don't know if I've said this here, but if it's, you know, for the next, however long we're recording, my intention is going to be right here at this screen, focusing on this conversation, not anything else going on around me. If my intention is my calendar for the day and this meeting and this meeting and this meeting, then, then I can make it for the entire day. But then if, if I get overwhelmed after the first meeting, I can then adjust it and take a minute or two to myself. And and my intention will be, that, okay, now my intention is just to get lunch. And I think just kind of having a way to do that, Having like, I guess instinctually I always knew it was possible, but to actually have a method and a plan to execute that, it's, it's, it's just a different, it's another tool in the tool bag.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess to uh, add on to the whole mindfulness theme, and a lot of this is, yeah, I would say centered around mindfulness. Just like out, you know, the programs we work, it's centered around one day at a time, right? So I think a big part of it is focusing on the here and now. Part of being overwhelmed, anxious, it's really when you start worrying about the future or worrying about the past. If you're focusing on what's right in front of you here now, today, uh, this minute, it's, it's usually for me, you don't become overwhelmed because you're just focusing on what's going on right now. And Ben, you said it before, like the world's not falling apart. You're you, you have food in your belly, you know, your things are okay. Um, you know, other, other things that you could do, taking deep breaths, um, you know, uh, big, deep breaths, definitely calm you down. But I think that the whole idea of focusing on one day at a time, one hour at a time, that's not just for recovery that helps with life too. And kind of getting through those tough days.
2: Yeah. Well, who was it a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Pat. That are the guests we had on where where he shared that story about the guy who asked him how he's doing or how he's feeling, and he told him how he was doing, and he explained the you know the discrepancy between that. And it's true. like, yes, we could be feeling one way, but if we kind of step back and say, "Okay, how are we doing?" that is a, the, is a way to refocus you know the, the the message for for me at least, you know that like, okay, how am I feeling? I may be feeling this way. But I'm doing very well in, in all of these other areas. And it just helps, you know, kind of keep it all in perspective.
1: Yeah, in the grand scheme of life, you're doing great. What a great guest. You know, I'm just thinking about that. He was such, so inspiring. I He was
0: great. <laughs> he, so, uh, Ben, to, to play off of what you were just talking about, um, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about that also this article mentioned was, around my core values, you know, what are my core values? What, what, or who is it that I am, you know? And and that's something that I really had to develop again or or truly rediscover Um, because, you know, for me, if I'm able to fall back on my core values, those are my guiding principles. You know, those, those are the way that I want to live my life. Um, And I know, you know, I kind of listed off a number of things where I have been extremely busy um, over the last year, but you know, Ben, I know that you have some uh, updates. So why don't you tell our listeners about that?
2: Well, first I hit on those core values for me, real simple, three core values, honesty, accountability, respect, the, and, and it's, it's funny. It's actually something that my children taught me and they didn't know they were teaching me this, but when I set out to raise my children, those were the core values I want them to have. So for me, it's kind of like, well, if I'm raising my kids to be honest, respectful, and to be accountable for their actions, I kind of have to do the same thing too. And so instead of being overly complicated about things like uh, it, as an addict, I can very easily do. It's about those three core values. Am I being honest? Am I being respectful? And am I being accountable? So yeah, th- those the, uh, core values are, you know, been a cornerstone of my, of my recovery, even if I didn't know it until like two weeks ago, you know, I think that speaks to the power of the power of, of uh, recovery. But it is. No, it really is. And, and, and yeah, no, I, uh, so I, I had been going through some, uh, stuff at work and, and I had an, uh, had an interview at a, at another place. And the next day I had a meeting with our, with our new, uh, uh, civilian director and, you know, made some good impressions and went from possibly just looking for a, you know, a different role to, being his right hand man, and it's not a job I looked for. It was not something I set out to do. Um, I I went to him with with a pitch for uh, one thing, and uh, it led to an, being included in another meeting, and then another meeting, and the work out of that. Eventually, he was a, liked what he saw and said, "All right, you're going to work for me now." And that really speaks to you know the, the promises, uh, all that like what a life beyond your wildest dreams and. But, you know, this is now a position that is, again, not something that I set out to do, but it's something, one, I am capable of doing. Uh, and to, it's, it's funny, I, I said before we got on, it's kind of that, you know, it, even in recovery, that fake until you make it, like, th- even if I don't know why exactly I'm in this position, there's something that I've done or some skill set that I've displayed that, has put me here. I say all that to say that it's incredibly exciting. Uh, you know, I've I've talked to you guys about it. I really didn't have a professional purpose, you know, ever before. At you know 36 years old, I was working the same job that I had gotten when I was 20, and it was service based, and there was really not much productivity if the phone didn't ring, and no matter how good a, I was at it, it was always dependent on something else. I'm now in a position where I get to create things. I get to be a part of something that is much bigger than myself. It's terribly exciting. It's also a massive, massive, uh, I don't want to say, pothole's not the right word. I don't know what word I'm trying to use, but th- there, the, the possibility for burnout and being overwhelmed is right there in my face. I could throw myself into this thing and just go, 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 go. And that would detract from my recovery. It would detract from my personal life. And it would put me in a in a dangerous position. And so I've been very vigilant about talking to my sponsor about it, talking to my therapist about it, talking to my employer about it. And and saying, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm capable of. This is, these are the potential hazards. Um, and I'm gonna do my best to balance them, but they, it, it's, it, you know, and, and I've, I've got I've nothing but support all the way around. It's been just so, so incredible to, you know, when again, when we're honest about things, you know, I think the old me would have been like, oh, nobody can know these things. Nobody can know the truth about me. And they don't need to know the entire story of me. They just need to, you know, certain people need to need to know that I'm in a position that, you know, I I I may jeopardize myself as an employee, as a person, as a father, as a friend. I may jeopardize myself if I'm not straight up about this and I'm not honest. You know, Jason, one of the stories you told about going to the doctor and then, you know, offering. Um, you know, a, a narcotic painkiller. I forget what exactly what it was, but you know, you very easily could have said, "Yeah, sure," and you could have then turned around and said to everybody else, "Hey, the doctor prescribed it to me. It's not like I I went out searching for this stuff. I didn't buy it on the street, you know." And you would have been honest to a point, but it 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 would have been the motive would would not have been. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't have wouldn't have been true. Right? I think
0: I think that's the the key um, the key word right there. The yeah. my motive or right. or really any of our motives.
2: Right. You so know. For, yeah. So well. So for just to finish that up, so you know, so for me, you know, I could use work as an addiction. I could I could go I could go sixty hours a week if I wanted to. I'm going in early and I'm staying late. Like, I but I. I don't I don't want to burn out at it. I don't want to I don't want to let it consume my life to the point where I'm disregarding my meetings or disregarding the podcast or not meeting with my sponsor. you know it's it's one of those things that you know I've I've you know in in my work calendar I've you know I've put my my weekly meeting with my sponsor in there. I've put next week I'm speaking at my home group that's gonna I'm gonna run a little late to work like these are all things that are part of the balance I'm hitting my, my now I'm doing my morning meeting in the car on the way there it's it's different than what I was doing before, but it's still what I feel like I need at this moment for my recovery. so just I think honest again honestly, just being honest
1: Well you're you're deserving I mean and you deserve it. we're all proud of you, but you know you talked about the promises of recovery and they say, uh, what is it, freedom, happiness, and uh, life without regret or something like that. But, you know, you, you said you were saying things like fake it till you make it. And I think that's a crock of it. I know you were joking, but you were put in this position for a reason. And, you know, you're clear, level-headed, driven, and they see that. And you know, that your employees lucky to have you, especially the fact that you were honest, like talk about integrity. I mean, you literally were honest about the point you are in your recovery. That's so awesome. I actually have a, a story about, so we have this, uh, steel vendor and, you know, everyone knows that lumber and steel, or I guess everyone probably doesn't know, but lumber and steel is, at an all-time high price. Like, it is hard to get lumber, it's hard to get steel, and if you do, you're paying some massive premium. So the bridge that we're replacing, we're having just these extremely contentious uh, meetings, and they don't have to be. I mean, you can give bad news without making it contentious, right? Without making it an argument. And it was just a screaming match the other day between our company and their company. I won't name the companies, but at the end of the meeting, I get a call from the president of our company and he's like, I, and I, I honestly, because I'm the project manager of this job, I thought, you know, I did not manage that conversation well. And he called me about an hour later and he goes, and he's not one to compliment. He goes, "I am very proud of the way you handle that. You are the only level headed person in that conversation. You brought it back to as best you can. And another thing I noticed is in the middle of the meeting, you said, "This is not my strong suit, and you asked for help." and he's like that those are two qualities that i'm I'm really looking for in our next uh uh, they 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 basically bring it up, but he basically told me that in a year I'm going to be getting a promotion because of those two things. So, and, you know, it brought me back to, we're in these positions. We're able to do these things now that we're not using, you know, I was eight, back in the day, I would have been screaming right with them. And I would have thought, oh, you know, I got one, on, one in on them when in reality, I would just be making the situation worse, you know? What, so. what,
0: I, what I find interesting is that you asked for help at work and you didn't seem to have any problem with it. But when you were talking to your wife and asking for help, you were talking about how nervous you were. And, and I think that really goes to show how different our professional and our personal lives can be. I was talking to someone else about this um, recently, how when I talk to people about healthcare, or now it's different, but when a year ago... When I'd be talking about healthcare to someone, I'd be on point. I'd be tactful, I'd be clear, I'd be concise, I'd be engaging. But you start you throw me in the middle of a party where I don't know many people, if anybody, I'm a mess. I, I'm I'm shy, I'm introverted, I'm I'm which is hard to believe, I know. But I just, you know, I I, I didn't know myself and I didn't I have an understanding of what those core values were and who I was as a human being and what value I brought to the situation right. to be able to have that confidence.
2: Yeah, the, you know, Chris, it's just funny that you uh, thinking of what you said that, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously I was a little tongue in cheek about the fake until you make it, but it, it is just, again, just hearing these stories from you, like definitely like the the, the humility that you've shown over the past, you know, couple of months has been the biggest difference that I, I've I've definitely noticed from you, and and that really is, and, and like here and here we are like, like like individuals that are achieving things that in August of last year we were not capable of, like we like to to your point, I would not for a second if I was still drinking, give two shits about a new director or the direction of the department. I wouldn't ca- have cared at all. That's it. And I'm literally now in a position where, you know, like just being able to sit in a meeting with people who are talking about million dollar communication deals is like, like, how did I go from the smoke cut to here? And it's to your point. We literally are, we're capable of all of these things it's a matter of being in the right frame of mind so for you to be in that room and be the one level-headed voice is it's not surprising because I mean in rehab you were always pretty level-headed except when somebody was taking your your colored pens
1: or um, movie night away or, 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 <laughs> or movie, movie night away, night away. right, right. Oh, That's I, I
0: just see that scenario that you were just talking about at work <laughs> is movie night when one of the counselors was taking away our movie and we we really revolted, and you were the ringleader.
2: And you try was it like you try to get a mutiny for us to like sign a an official complaint against somebody? <laughs> oh like,
1: my god! Uh, yeah, like, I do not want to go back there. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No. Put this, what... Put that into perspective. A year ago, we were arguing with probably what a nineteen year old about if we could stay up and watch a movie. How? In the grand scheme of things, it's just it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> it really is.
2: No, it is. And it's it's it really just does speak to the, the power of genuinely recovering. Like regardless of, you know, I know you're, you know, you, you beat yourself up a little bit about your the slip, but like it's it was just something that happened along your journey. It's not that you had given up on recovering. It just happened, like, and and you you learn from it, and so like it's just to to be in this position. I hope that's an example to people that like you know you you can slip, and it's just part of being a human being. Being a human being is hard enough. Being a human being in recovery is really damn hard. So it's not important to focus on the particular day because your journey started back then. Like, you know, for me, our sober dates, I, I, yeah, I, I don't put a ton of credence into them because only, only, only because I don't want to be tied to a date. I want to be tied to today.
0: That's an interesting thought. I I like the way that you said that.
1: I'm, I'm expecting. Try. I'm expecting a butt from Jason. I am. Really I'm, try,
0: I'm looking for a butt. <laughs> <laughs> I really am.
1: But uh, you I know, really instead am. of butt, how about replace
0: it with and? There you go. <laughs> I think that I love the fact that I hit a year, and I think that has helped me through my. Uh, I, it really has helped me stay sober. But I really love how you just put that. You know, you know what I think it does real fast sorry
1: to interject. I think it helps other people more than it helps you.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: I think that me seeing someone with a year, five years, 10 years, it inspires me and shows me that they can do it. I can do it. However, me at eight months, you know, I've had a year before. It feels the same for me, uh, you know, at seven months, six months a year personally, but I'll tell you what you look at someone with 10 years, 20 years, that for me is very inspiring. So as a program and a, as a program as a whole, I think it really holds a lot of weight when we do uh, share our time for other people. That's my yeah. personal opinion. Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. but and I, I think if you'd ask those people too, you know they I don't know how much perspective you know how, I think we get to that amount of time. Th- those are the guys that I hear say more than anybody, you know, just for today. You know, those, those are the guys that I hear that are just like, you know, it's, it's about today. And yeah, no, I think it's, you're, you're, you're so right. Like I look at other people's time and go, damn, I wanna get to that. I wanna get to that. I wanna get to that. And yeah, it's, uh, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I, uh, I think Jason wants to jump into you so bad. Go ahead.
0: Well, I, th- I, I agree. And I think that that's what kept me going so hard was that I was getting another day and another day and another day and another day. And, another day. and when I hit that year, I wo- I remember waking up and being like, holy shit, I did it. So what now though? So are you tied to well, two
1: years or is it depressing because now it's like, all right, well I hit it and now
0: I don't have that goal. I think that's an excellent, excellent question. So uh, three things went into my head. One was, I did it. Two was, what's next? And for me, what's next was 18 months. Not two years, but 18 months. After that, I really wanted that fanfare. I wanted like this marching band to come into my room and start playing like Hail to the Chief or something. And then my next thought after that was, wait, tomorrow's just another day. Today's just another day. Because Ben, like you said, I'm living in the moment, in that present moment. And to bring this back to tonight's topic about being overwhelmed, if I do truly live in the present moment, I will not be overwhelmed. And the moment that I'm overwhelmed is a sign that I'm not living in the present moment. Well, boys, it was great to talk about this. I I think it was very cathartic for me. I really, I really got a lot out of this. Um, that that last thought that I kind of piggybacked off of what Chris was just saying before, that you know, living in the present moment is what it means to uh, fight against that feeling of being overwhelmed. It really has helped me. Um, so thank you, thank you for that tonight, guys. And congratulations again um, to you, Ben and Matrix and. Chris, you know, on uh, November 24th, we will celebrate you and your year, um, one day at a time, buddy. And as always, tonight's episode is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, Feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.